All right. Now I've clicked it twice. Is it going to... I think we're live. We should probably be sure. Uh, well, we're definitely... Okay, oh, we're live. Okay. We're live. Yeah, yeah. So what <laughs> I happened is it. I clicked it, and then like 15 seconds went by. And I was like, did I click it? So I clicked it again. Now, this has happened before, and it makes the recording stop. So I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it never did. We're still recording. So this is the beginning of a very special PKN, episode 69. Yes, it's a great story oh. you just told, buddy, because it was in real time with how long the actual events took <laughs> for you to describe it. <laughs> then I clicked. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, episode 69. Yeah, kind of neat. We have Taylor here with us. Yes. Thank you, Taylor. Yes. Um, did, now, you had some topics picked out, or did you want to start with mine? Uh, yours is it's more divisive. And I know apparently you two are going to agree, so I'm going to have to play asshole conservative uh, and go the other route. Well, now we've started. Okay, so yep, here, now we've started. this was my big question. I'm here asking myself, like, with regards to the whole Syria-ISIS thing, are we the good guys? And I'm – so, for example, it's pretty much a lock right now that ISIS is selling oil to Turkey. That's a known, right? Like the U.S. Mm -hmm. kind of knew it. I swear, like I know it. Turkey comes out and says it. There, uh, Iraq. It might be Iran. I, I'm not sure. Has it was said, Iran. It was Iran. Said, you know, look, we'll present the evidence to you. Um, it. Look, let, let's all. I, I think it's not a matter of contention anymore. ISIS was selling oil to Turkey. Turkey More importantly, Turkey was buying the oil. Yes, and they're a U.S. ally. And, uh, and the U.S. is kind of siding with them because they're our ally and that's what you do with your friends. And, but it's nice to be right as well. And then like Saudi Arabia, right? The, the news is all over the fact that like, you know, this person was born in America and they got radicalized by the dark side of Islam or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, while they lived in Saudi Arabia for fucking ever. That's where they got radicalized. That's why they got radicalized. They didn't sit here in the land of milk and honey getting radicalized. They Apparently that's a common thing, that, a, that uh, these Pakist uh, Pakistanis will go to Saudi Arabia and become radicalized. Pakistan is a, is a, is a heavily Muslim country, and, and that's, that's where she was from. That's where the wife was from. Yeah, so, I feel like she had a way bigger part in it than people were, were acting, where like she clearly influenced him to do a lot of that shit. She was the one to shoot first, yeah. Kyle, can you toggle your – Taylor, do you see Kyle's camera? I do, but he's frozen for me. I'm oh. sure he'll jump out of it and do some fast motion and be, be good in a sec. He's toggling it. That might fix but, it. Uh, but yeah, um, I feel yeah they don't give her enough blame for it. I didn't know she shot first, which apparently Kyle knows. Uh, I don't yep, even know how, how could you how, how can you know that? Because not everybody died. Oh yeah, well that was oh, a dumb question. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand how that would let him know. Like, does that mean that she she shot first and not everyone died? So women are bad shots. Where's he headed with this? <laughs> nah, people who live said that she she took a shooting stance. She started shooting first. He hesitated, and then eventually he joined in. So she was the driving force. And then the, I guess there was some scrutinization today over the twenty eight thousand uh, dollar uh, thing in their uh, account. But they just took out a loan because hey, if you know that you're going to see, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, like, give me that twenty eight grand, twenty percent interest, whatever. Make it thirty. Yeah, yeah. 30. Who fucking cares? So, but this on my I had one more thing. So, yeah. so there's Saudi Arabia radicalizing this woman, and that's a U.S. ally. And then I remember when, um, I guess the the U.S. kept saying, and I'm not sure if it's even true, 
that the 19 hijackers on 9-11 came in through Canada. They just kept, like, I, that was like they were beating the drumbeat, came in through Canada, came in through Canada. And the issue was that Canada didn't want to go into Iraq the second time when we went to that war, right? The only, people, the only friends we had were England, if I recall, because we were wrong about that war. And it was obvious to everyone. And, uh, but we just sat there, you know, singing blame Canada when we ignored the fact that like 17 of those 19 attackers were from Saudi Arabia. And I just feel like, you know, we're really cozied up with Turkey and Saudi Arabia, and we're kind of burying the bad parts that come of it. And, you know, we're holding countries like Russia. I guess no one's fully good, but I'm just asking yeah, myself. With the, Sa the Saudis are bad guys. They, they definitely are. They're out for their, their own. They're out for themselves, right? The only reason that they have any power whatsoever and we care that they're Saudi princes and kings and all that bullshit is because they have oil and we need the oil. And, but if we're not in there cozying up to them, the Russians will, and that won't be good at yeah. all. Um, as far as what we're doing in Syria, that Assad guy isn't as bad as everyone makes him out to be. The Russians support Assad. We want we oppose Assad, and uh, so there's. But there's so it's so convoluted over there. There's so many different groups of forces. Well, yeah, we're the we're, we're not the good guy over there. I wouldn't say we're the bad guy, but we're not the good guy. This might be that. dumb, but like, what's the reason that we oppose Assad? I, mean, I know it's probably multifaceted, but like, is he there like a big one? It, it the most likely it's that he won't play ball with us. He he won't do what we want him to do. Yeah, I don't know the answer. I never know, and then I don't even believe them when they tell me, which is part of the issue. You yeah, know? Like, like it. Everyone we ever go to war with is a madman, right? That's literally the fucking word they use, madman. It's not in my everyday vocabulary, but the leader of North Korea is a madman, and Saddam Hussein is a madman, and Al-Assad is a madman, and everyone's a fucking madman that, that we want to go to war with, and we're like, well, shit, if there's a madman in charge of a country, yeah. I guess we better <laughs> well, take care crazy. of it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, you know? Like, like, <laughs> like, you can rise to power of a nation when you're a crazy person now I, maybe in north korea you actually can because it's genetic but um uh not genetic uh, what is the term for hereditary like, uh i'm going for a monarchy but it's not literally a monarchy but you know it's passed down from father to son it's hereditary is that what they call it i didn't know yes. that was the term like they a used bloodline in. of despotism it's a hereditary title that's okay all right um so uh, so yeah, you know, in, in North Korea, I suppose. Although I'm not sure that that's that, that that's what the law is there. It just seems like he just took power. He's like, oh, now I'm in charge. It, it, I feel I like because he's not like the prince of North Korea. He's the supreme leader or something like that, and it's just known. Most people I that think. lead a country earn that title, right? You can earn it by getting a popular vote. You can earn it by staging a military revolt. You know, you can take over a country. Even if you're an illegitimate dictator who led the country because you did a coup. Well, shit, you must have some leadership skills because you got enough people to overthrow the government behind you. Yeah. You know? It, um, it's a real Baratheon Targaryen situation, you know? Mm -hmm. Who is the true king, you know? I, who, who, I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, I, I just, I, I guess I'm looking at what the U.S. is doing over there, and I don't know if we're the good people or not, and I hate that. I really, I feel like it, most of the time the U.S. is on the good people side. And in the Middle East, I'm not sure that most of the time fits. I think we're always on our side. Like, whatever's best for our interests, uh, globally, nationally, 
and not just our security, you know, it's not always about protecting Americans. You know, whatever makes us the most money and, and nets us the most power and is bad for the people we don't like, like the commies, like, you know, the Russians, the Chinese, that's what we support. So it could easily be a democratically elected uh, government somewhere, but if they're opposing us, if they don't want to sign some trade deal, if they don't want to be part of uh, some coalition of nations, if, they, if they're siding with the Russians or the Chinese, there's been time and time again where we would take out those democ democratically elected uh, governments and, and just well did they democratically them. elect a madman I bet they did they probably did according to our leaders yes <laughs> I, I feel like we democratically elect a lot of madmen I um, like Obama still like I get that he's not popular but every time I look at his actual no I heard him did you hear what he said the other day about, about hated the, it uh, hated uh, it hated you already it. know what he said yeah what it, did he it, say yeah he Recap. said that he said, don't be scared, in. everybody. Don't be scared. No, I know they're yet. terrified of it. Really, that 13 and a half minute speech? That's that what I took from it. What, what, what pissed me off was, was how he's, he's calling the fact that you can get a gun while being on the no-fly list a loophole. First of all, like, that's, you know, you're using the word loophole wrong. Mm -hmm. like, like a loophole is like two unconnected thing, pieces of legislation or rules which inherently... In uh, work together to to get you somewhere where you, you shouldn't have been able to get before. What he's got here is just there's no due process for the no-fly list. They, you can, it, they can just say, yeah, you can't fly on our airplanes. But you can't just say that, no, you can't, you can't buy a weapon anymore. No, you don't have the right to free speech anymore. No, you don't have the right against uh, improper search and seizure anymore. You can't just do that. And to say that your arbitrary list that you've composed not uh, falling under... To say that people who are on this arbitrary list that you've composed, uh, not being able to buy guns, is a is a loophole, or, or you know, not being able to force it upon them that they can't buy guns is a loophole, is just outrageous. The whole I completely agree with everything you're saying. You are so right. The, the problem with the no-fly list is that the U.S. just pulls that list out of their ass. Now, I think that they do their best with it. You know, I, I know they make mistakes. You know who was on the no-fly list? I just read Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy, the, the senator from America, you know, from a famous family, <laughs> old money, etc. One who drowned that hooker that time. Well, maybe that's why he was on the no-fly yeah. list, yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, yeah, he was on the no-fly list. There's a list of people on the no-fly list who are always like, what, huh, me? I think there were 17 Department of Homeland Security members who were on the no-fly list. Or what, maybe it was 170, like the number one sevens that stuck in my head. Is it yeah, hard to get off the no-fly list, though? Yes. Like for, for all those guys, it seems hard. like they'd be like, oh, I'm a Kennedy. Uh, there clearly is an error, and then they fix it. But for like... You know, Joe Smith down the street who works as a plumber, like if he walks in and he has to go to the plum convention, you know, in Nashville once a year and he can't get on the plane, like what's that guy going to do? There's a, You're I mean, out of luck. most people don't know this, but Dr. Chase is on the no fly list. Ah. I just made oh. that Yeah, that's going to be on the no railway <laughs> list. Too. Yeah, he made some, some anti-government remarks back in the day. He's been on it ever since. <laughs> we should just run with that on the real PKA. Let's they do it. See, they saw Let's him do wearing it. that hat. All right. They thought he was an undercover red coat. So, so Patreons, you guys know the secret. It's total bullshit. This week on PKA, we're going to pitch the Dr. Chip is on the no-fly list. Yeah, we, should just... That'll be good. we um, all need to come up with at least two reasons why he's on the no-fly list, and before the next show, we'll we'll get together and and, and all right. Well, it would have happened. It would have had to have happened to him within like the last four years or something. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. He's spoken about his air travel prior to roughly that time period. So, sometime in the last four years, what would be topical to like frame him up 
as you know being like like maybe he went online and he like said some things in regard to like what event in the last four years that four would get him flagged like he, I don't, he's not why an couldn't Obama it be fan, like six he years could be ago. an Obama threat nah, he's pretty he's pretty hey. mod I guess I, I don't know that he's a fan but he's certainly not a hater I don't think he's not into sports so it couldn't yeah, be something like that yeah I was that. headed that way too threatening to kill a quarterback on, on the Obama thing just to wrap that up um, one that the, the, there is a problem with the no-fly list gun thing because the no-fly list, they need the flexibility to put that pe- pe- people on that without a real due process. You know, they need to just, you yeah, can't fly. in charge of the list. You yeah. know, all of a sudden, like, like maybe they say, well, I don't like that guy. He doesn't. But yeah, I, I'll take his I, right away. I kind of it's, like the list the way it is because I don't want them to have to go through nine months of court. And, you know, it, it's not one of those deals where it's better to let a thousand people go free than to convict one guilty person. The no-fly list, they're like, ah, some fishy about you. You just yeah. you can't, you know. But then when they extend that to the gun thing, you can't just go like that. They'll put you, you on know? that no-fly list for, like, creating a disturbance at the airport. Like, maybe you just oh, yeah. like, had a meltdown and, like, pissed off the air the TSA while you were there. They'll put you on that thing. You could have had a dispute over your luggage and started mm-hmm. screaming and cursing and just lost your temper, and all of a sudden you can't buy a fire. They have that, complete autonomy to do whatever they want, like the TSA. And they then, can put you on that list. Like, oh, look at fucking five ounces of shampoo guy over here. Let's <laughs> throw him on the list. Like, they, How they, dirty is your hair, motherfucker? The, yeah. the big takeaway yeah, exactly. I took from the Obama speech was don't be scared. Don't cower. Go, you know, like pressure on America. And I'm like, Obama, I am not nearly the pussy you think I am. Like, I stopped thinking about that. That's a dead story. You know, like, for all I know, the four, what, 14 people died? Is that even the most deaths that weekend? There might have been a pileup in fucking Chicago that was worse than that. See, see, all right. So here's, <laughs> I, I, here's what you have to do with these incidents, though, that I, that I don't think you're, you're realizing. It's not the death toll. It, that's not it at all because people die every day. You could, in any situation, you say, oh, 5,000 people got nuked? Well, how many people died today? 870,000? Well, Pales in comparison, barely even a blip on the radar. The point is that someone intentionally went out and did this to our country and our and our fellow like citizens. Like someone set out to do this bad thing to us for for a purpose. Like, like that. I that's, think that's each a, of us gets to choose what would cause us to give a flying fuck. And in my case, like the that tidal wave, the tsunami in like Japan. You seem or very Indonesia. numbers driven though. Like you're yeah. very numbers driven and like, well, this is nothing compared to that. But I think I align more with what Kyle's saying as far as like it's not so much the number of fourteen that should jump out and be like, Oh my god, that's scary. It's the fact that it's a very pointed attack with no real aim. Just anyone over here they when, wanted to fuck up. When that you know, they <clears throat> when that tidal wave hit a I don't think it was Japan. Where did it hit? Indonesia. 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 When that tidal wave hit Indonesia, I sat there. There was a lot of footage of it. And I'm a, I don't know even know what I am now. I haven't been tested in swimming. But let's say that in my head, I am an extremely strong swimmer, right? Like Blue belt. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I sit there and look at it and I'm like, I don't know that I could just keep afloat in that. That was fucking rough. You know, like. And and there's lots of heavy things in there, like batting you around. Of course you, you couldn't. It's a tsunami. There's no way that you would be just like <laughs> you were, treading You were sitting there realistic thinking. No, I really am, like, yeah. wonder if I could sw- out-swim a tsunami. Yeah, I could do it. I think I could easily go down Whitewater Rapids. I've been in, I don't even know how many hurricanes I've surfed. Like That's way different than a tsunami, though. Like, you can, if, if you could stay afloat, 
What are you going to do when that first shard of fiberglass comes sailing through your thigh? Or That's when the that, challenge. That's you know, the thing. road posts just right Not even that. Like you're floating down river and now a house is floating down river too. Really? You're nothing compared to it. Automobiles are in this thing, you know? And it, I'm just like, this is a really tough position. Michael Phelps might die in a, in a tsunami. Of course like he would. Not of course. There's not a person on this yes, planet that course. would be able to survive in the tsunami. You don't have to swim against it. Like, you just need to stay afloat. Survive. <laughs> like, I don't like, think it's like, as hard as you think it dolphin is. Dolphin wouldn't survive. <laughs> like, I bet like, tons of people marine. survived it. What if they're not that they're they like in, in, the, in the rough, like in getting swept under? I, and I disagree. They might have lucked out and floated your on something. Trajectory, like even if you like forget about all the other shit in there, there's like a house that hasn't been toppled 200 yards ahead of you, and you're going fast. You're gonna run into that house. You're not strong enough to swim out of that or like angle yourself. Like there's so much shit and thick murky water. Like I just there's no way you could. Like maybe Woody's like a you know red fin elite you know water master and i'm underestimating him but i just there's no way i don't know well i'll, I'll agree that it's really hard and that uh it's pretty fucked so uh I'm glad but... you can see that point and <laughs> just like all these fucking lazy shit <laughs> the ocean was there the whole time Let me like... <laughs> the uh, uh but that thing it was like it, it was horrific it seemed inescapable um, people who had positions on solid buildings like concrete apartments and stuff like that were still getting washed away. It was really bad. I hear 14 people died in a shooting, and I'm like, this is only a story until the Sixers actually win another fucking game. <laughs> well, that may be true, but it's, I don't know. You know what I mean, though, but like, it's the context of how it happened. Like, 14 people getting shot, like, for no reason, like it's, it's easier to reconcile a natural disaster because it is unavoidable than something like a shooting that is avoidable. And it's like you kind of put yourself in that position. Like, what if I was at a work party having a piece of, you know, cardboardy dominoes and then I got shot in the side of the head? Like, that's awful. That could happen. Like, I don't know. It's just pretty fucked up. And I know Kyle's on that side too, right? Kyle, is like, that on topic or, or next that's topic? Just, that, that's, a pic that's a guy standing in the... Uh taking the full brunt of the tsunami on the beach. He just stands there and takes it. That was a bad plan, but I can look at it. <laughs> this is... <laughs> if you start at 3 minutes and 20 seconds, you kind of get, a, you know, the lead up to it, and then... All right. Does it go poorly? No, he's good. <laughs> he, he, he's, he was a collegiate swimmer, too. So. <laughs> oh. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Ready, set, play. Here it comes. <laughs> it's coming very quickly. He's good. And he's dead. And he's dead. He's not dead yet. You can't float in that? If you can't swim, you can't swim. I he's forgot. Dead. You're a donkey paddler. You don't know shit. Dead. This is the worst sure camera work ever. That was funny. He's a collegiate swimmer too. I just happened to look over my shoulder. There's some people standing up. But I don't know. My tsunami knowledge is not up to par. I suppose mine isn't either. But it seemed like like a quarter million people weren't able to outswim it. So based on those numbers, <laughs> what yeah, is like? Well, hey, the whole population didn't drown, did they? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there were some swimmers out there. I just feel like it wouldn't be a matter of swimming, though. I just feel like there's like under there's like an undertow thing going on there where you're just getting like sucked into the front yeah, edge of the that thing. Machine, and no problem. It, it's a weird like kind of wave. Like it's not those the waves that you would surf that kind of 
do this over and yeah. over like like it's still just doing this you know the tsunami wave comes all the way in yeah. and then goes all the way out the, but it's not I, the, I like an immortal river situation where you're like in the flow of it and it just keeps going and going if and the river was, was going through downtown san diego that's the biggest challenge of it right like because like aside from the rocks in the river if it was just the if the river was white rapids white water but six feet deep it wouldn't be that frightening to me it'd be a good time actually but because there's rocks you could hit all of a sudden like oh that's a tough situation and as you pointed out before like you might not be able to avoid the path of the rock in time like even if you knew it was coming the tsunami's like that too but the next level you know there's three levels it'll run you into a tree it'll run you into a building it's the top level i think like like i guess if an asteroid hit and created a mega tsunami like that would be the top tier level i don't think you swim out of that though so like it would be neat are you close enough to the ocean woody that you would actually be affected Mm -hmm. or the real question is could you fight a shark in the tsunami then what would happen i know you could kyle well i could (laughs) fight the shark but if the tsunami came then it's 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 Uh, really come on have some self-confidence if I had you some guys, life vest. If you like zip tie you two together, you're unstoppable. Back to back. <laughs> like, like back to back. Here's another He's scene. doing the swimming and I'm fighting the shark. <laughs> With my ice axes. I am. Um, yeah, a guy jumped off a guy jumped off a cruise ship like three weeks ago. I think we talked about it on the show, didn't we? Watched it. It looked awful. Uh, so I think about that situation sometimes. And I'm like, well, how would I survive that? Um, one, I feel like people make a really big deal out of a 50 foot jump. Like it's instant death when you hit the water. Horseshit. I've done that. It's not that big a jump. Like it. What is the jump where like you hit terminal velocity and it's like hitting concrete? Like how high does that have to be? I don't know. I know that my, my friend jumped 68 feet. I wasn't there that day. Um, but I, I imagine if your technique is bad. That could if go really wrong. If bad, that could kill you for yeah. sure. The, the, so what? from what little I know about, because I've watched a few of those programs about uh, like cliff diving mm-hmm. and also about those guys who do the skin diving and, and do those breath techniques where they go go really That's deep, deep. Or, yeah. and hold their breath for a long period of time. But there's a way they hold their hands when they dive head first to like mm-hmm. break the surface tension of the water so that it's not like as you, because that's what it is. It's the surface tension of the water that makes it like hitting concrete. So if you can pierce that and kind of go through, apparently that's the right way to do it and how those guys jump from high distances and don't die. But, like, I don't have those talents. I would try, right? Like, I would be like, all right, just like on the Discovery Channel, here we go. But, yeah. like, what if my neck's been out a little bit and it just instantly snaps my neck? Well, you're or- going head first. We just went feet first mostly. And, and we would do heels together, uh, heel first. You know, mm-hmm. toes pointed up, heels first. Break the surface tension and fly right in. If you fuck up, you get, like, an enema. But cool. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah. That's a, well, that's I mean, the other. Yeah, that happened to. Now I'm interested. George Carianis played for Temple football. Look him up. Got an enema on the 34th Street Bridge. Ask him about it. I've never jumped from that high into water before, but I would like. I have this panic of like you know when you throw one of those weeble wobble things that kind of like spins awkwardly. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I feel like I would jump and put like a little bit too much pressure going forward or a little bit too much leaning back and like halfway through my straight down foot first fall i'd be like oh 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 <laughs> just like slowly rotating and i'd kill myself and i couldn't live that down i'd have to be buried in an unmarked well, grave because i would, wouldn't trust my friends to write something nice on my tombstone you would not i had a friend that died doing that 
my uh, my cousin used to yeah, always go and jump off. Stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know what <laughs> it's at. My, uh, my cousin used to always go and jump off these uh, bridges and, and these little overhangs. I won't call them a cliff because it's not mm -hmm. a cliff. That, that, that makes me imagine some like surfside, like super jump that's 100 feet or something. Not a cliff per se, but jumping 20 to maybe 40 feet mm -hmm. uh, into the water. And part of it was don't hit the rocks, you know, because there's rocks right there. And it's like, hey, just don't hit the rocks. And I was like, I won't because I'm not going to jump. <laughs> and uh, and I just remember, like, I didn't jump, and I didn't jump that day, and I never went back again. But one of, his, one of his friends who was there with him that day jumping, who I'd seen jump, jumped, hit his head, drowned, and died. You watched him die? Uh, I wasn't there. No. Oh. It happened at another, and it was funny because my dad had a dream about it. My dad literally warned my cousin. He goes, are you still jumping off those bridges and stuff? And, and I was standing there and listening to the whole conversation. He's like, you still jumping off those bridges and stuff? Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going this weekend. He's like, I had a dream about that. I heard, I dreamed you got hurt real bad. Don't, don't do that. And sure, and that weekend the guy's friend died. It was, uh, it was, it was kind of surreal. But I don't think I'll be much of a cliff diver anytime soon. Uh, no, mostly because of that, because that dude died. And it's not worth. Like it can't be that exciting that it's worth can't dying. Be. No, I feel like it'd be fun a little bit. But like, if I really wanted to do that, I'd go somewhere where they got a high board. Right, and do it in a controlled environment in a pool where it's they only I go up see 10 the bottom, meters, like thirty-three feet, which is that's, good. That's high enough. That's yeah. plenty for me. We like, used I, to I, jump in a I, in that a, would concern me a little. It was 30. mildly controlled environment, so we tend to jump off bridges. And uh, if you don't know bridges that well, I'm sure somebody doesn't. But uh, with the tide going up and down, there's a sign next to it, and they just put the numbers right. So if the water says ten then it's 10 feet deep there. If the tide goes down, then it'll be, I guess, you know, seven feet deep, or if it goes up, it'll be 14. So we knew how deep it was. All we needed was lookouts to make sure that boats weren't going across. And then uh, you needed to know the tide because uh, if the tide was going the wrong way, it would take you away from the dock. And that was a bad situation. Mm. Like it, oh. it, it moves so fast that it would take a, a really good swimmer to swim against the tide. You really want it taking you to the dock. So... Yeah, yeah you, I just don't want anywhere near that. There was a story. You like need a tour guide. Five or, <laughs> yeah, I would. I trust it would. Actually, I don't know. I'd want to watch you go through the whole motion first. Oh, I would I'd, do it. I would do it I'd five times. It'd be like you coming this time because there's another one coming after. No, this. now you're tired and you can't save me. When it goes wrong. <laughs> no, there was yeah. a story on, uh, here like six years ago, maybe uh, at the Mississippi River, like right by. It goes straight through St. Louis. It's big, disgusting awful brown muddy fast moving river and a group of like six teenagers were all hanging out next to the mississippi river for no reason like there's i don't know why you would and someone jumped in and the other five like the guy jumped into the mississippi and then started flowing down real quick it started screaming that he couldn't swim and which is a really awful idea all five of the other ones jumped in after him floated down the river the initial guy ended up like running by some other like nice probably not a fisherman because that river is disgusting but someone fished him out and all five of the other people drown in the river damn did they suck yeah. at swimming uh I, he... you know they weren't good <laughs> enough to swim but it's also you've seen that river right like it's yes it's a few hundred like in some places it's like a half mile or like i think i think you really overestimate the it's swimming big. skills of the rest of the population <laughs> i guess and like i doubt that like when you jump in the river it's like you know half mile it just keeps you right on this little edge. Mm. Like it probably sucks you right into the middle and suddenly it's like, I couldn't swim out there and grab that guy and bring him back, you know? 
Like, not to say I'm some titan of swimming. Like, like Kyle says, I can swim the length of a pool and back as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, in, in, in a normal environment, I just never needed to swim much farther than that, you know, one end of the pool to the other and it, back or something like that. that. About five years ago, we went camping on a lake and you couldn't see the other side. And I was like, I'm going to swim to the other side. And uh, everyone was like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm like, I'm insulted that <laughs> 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 you think I can't swim across a fucking lake. Like it, it, and I did. I swam over and I swam back. You did, but think about how much resentment and anger Jackie and the kids would have <laughs> if the last thing they saw what was, was arrogant old Woody swimming, swimming out of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, got the kids back home later. Colin has to ask, where's dad? Oh, well, your jackass of a father decided <laughs> that he could swim across the lake. He wanted to impress Judy with the... Died. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would make it, but even more than like the fear of drowning or getting tired... Even if it's a lake and I know there's no monster or anything in there, I can't shake the feeling of something's gonna grab me. Like I, yeah, I hate it. Up. You know what? Out. You know what will really make me like go into a panic? Like, like, like what would make me like from fear where I would just be like unable to deal with it? I think is scuba diving at night in murky water. I, I hear oh. about. I hear about those like search and rescue divers who go in and tragedies and like get the people who die and uh, when boats go down and stuff, and. I was I was playing Fallout the other night and had to go down and do some stuff in some dark murky water and I was just like, <sighs> I <can't>. yeah. <laughs> I'm Melissa did that real. same thing. She, she gave me the controller and made me play a part where she had to swim in the murky water. Really? That's, that's really common. That yeah. must be pretty immersive. I, I almost had a panic attack like probably five years ago, six years ago now. I was uh, out on like a sea kayak with a girl and it's just like one of those little kayaks. We could still see the beach couple hundred yards away and she thought it would be funny when we were out there sitting in it that she was going to like grab the sides and do like the ah. like rocket try and rock me out and at first i was like oh okay all right stop like stop 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 and it ended up <laughs> she kept trying to do it and i almost fell out i started screaming loud enough for people <laughs> on the beach to hear like stop fucking rocking the boat i swear <laughs> to god do not put me in this water there's sharks in here just yelling wait was it salt water <laughs> It was salt water. Okay, yeah. I'm just checking. Just checking. Yeah, salt water. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I, I was, oh, like I can still remember the feeling of like I was getting all sweaty and cold and clammy. My heart was beating so fast, and I, just, I just wanted to leap across. And I'm like, I'm far enough away from shore. I could strangle you and kill you right now. <laughs> it would look like oh, drowning. We yeah, are, it would look like drowning. We are off. Uh, Side exactly. fingertips, you know. <laughs> <laughs> As they say. <laughs> we were at uh, Jekyll Island, which is, I think, off the coast of Georgia. I was, I think, I was twelve when I went, or something like that. And the water never seemed to get much higher than like chest level, but not like n below my nipples. And uh, and the, no matter how far we walked out, and we walked really, really far out until you could barely see the beach, and we were walking around feeling with our feet for conch shells. I, I, I don't know if that's the technical word for them, but you know, those big ass seashells that are like yeah, the that Nautilus long. ones, yeah. Yeah. And so, we, you know, they would prick your foot and kind of go down and pull them up. And I'm walking around with a bag full of them. We thought we'd take them home and uh, make souvenirs out of them. You gotta, they, they smelled so awful because <laughs> they're alive in there, you know? It was rotting, <laughs> like shellfish in the back of the van. But anyway, <laughs> like our feet were pricked and bleeding from stepping on the, the, the shells. And we're just out there in this, I mean, it was so brown and dirty. There was actually a, a wildfire in Florida at the time. So that was like, somehow that makes the water darker. 
Um, I guess the smoke, there was so much smoke pollution that the water was actually darker than normal. Like it didn't look healthy to even be in. Uh, but I just remember thinking like, this is the stupidest thing ever. And, and someone was like, what, what, what are you talking about? I was like, well, you know, we're out here bleeding in this murky water so far from shore. And he's like, what do you mean bleeding? I was like, your feet aren't bleeding. He's like, hell no, you're bleeding. (laughs) 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 So that's the end of that day. So you really, you were the. I was bleeding. I thought everybody yeah. must, because like every time I stepped on one, it was like, ah, God, all right, got another one. Hope it's big. And, you know, <laughs> but, but I remember I brought all these things home in a big. Were you stomping for shells, like. Well, you know, you're walking along. You might take <laughs> thirty steps, yeah. forty steps. Oh, how deep is the water? Like chest deep, something like that. Like, like yeah. it was. You should be light it, on your feet. Yeah, it was deep enough that you were getting lifted off a little bit. But mm-hmm. I just remember my feet were all. Pr- they're sharp. Okay. They're sharp. They got those little prickers on it but I, just, I can still remember the smell of that container of shellfish whatever the fuck they are on the way back from florida it was awful jersey she- seashells don't usually come in that shape but i think you'll back me on this we do get that smell y'all got the smell down. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, it smells like there's a factory in new jersey that that does nothing but rot she- seashells so unfair <laughs> he has not been to much what of do you jersey. make here well make we, we, we... <laughs> We like to keep the seashells out and watch them rot. Really, the Compost International. <laughs> uh, it's That's a stolen line, but th- there were that one summer when I picked up all the girls and took them to the movies. I used to tell them that I had the largest seashell collection in the world, and that I kept it scattered up and down the East Coast. And uh, awful. Were they like, "Oh, Woody, thank God you brought that wet floor sign. Take me here." <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Let's go watch a bad 70s movie and make out. <laughs> oh, Ugh, that's awful. Oh, it's not it, as bad because it was before the internet and they hadn't seen that on like a Jezebel top 10 list of goofy come on lines. Uh, were you saying something, Kyle? Um, I, I was going to, I was, no, I changed my mind about what I was going to say. All right. Actually. As far as saying anything at all? Yeah, yeah. For, for now, I was gonna say we could talk about the knife, the knives some, but I, then I was thinking maybe we should wait until we've got more information to to give. Yeah, hopefully we can talk about it on Thursday slash Saturday. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do something cool. Yeah, I'm psyched for that. It will be neat. Do you see that now that Arnold Schwarzenegger is done with his lifting, he wants everybody else to stop eating meat. He's eating He's more chickens than anyone on the planet, and now. That's the most hypocritical thing that you would say go vegetarian part time to save the planet after he's he's got his fill. You know, he wouldn't listen to that advice thirty years ago. No, he would he's, not. Now he's done with the hobby, so he thinks he's dangerous it's dangerous and he needs everybody else to fix it. How old is I'm not he? gonna not eat meat, Arnold, because let's you take, let's take guesses as today. to how old Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Sixty eight. Sixty three. I'm gonna go older. I'm gonna say well, sixty eight is pretty old. Price is right rules or just closest rules? Just uh, closest, I guess. 71. I'm going to say 63. All right. 63. 68. Yep. Taylor nailed it. I If you hadn't yeah. taken 68, I would have come in near there. Yep. He was quite that years old. old. Looks good for a 68-year-old, but not good enough to be telling us we can't eat meat anymore. Ate <laughs> <laughs> the global supply of chickens low. Uh, dude, He's- this... Uh, this weekend is some of the so first of all Joe fights Friday that's oh, yeah. a big deal Who's on the fighting? 11th uh, Dunham or something like that 
Uh, the guy has like 15 UFC fights or something. Like he's been, he's a vet. Um, so I, I, it doesn't matter who Joe fights. I'm always nervous for him. I, you know, I, if he fights, yeah, a loss is always bad no matter what, and a win is uh, is, is always just what's good. expected. Yeah, but uh, like that's better. And uh, you know, if he fights someone who represents you know like a, a, a huge challenge, then I worry that you know in that regard. If he fights someone who represents no challenge, then I worry. You know, well, what if you know? And, and like, um, I, I think I'm just wired to worry a lot. And yeah, uh, and it's a fight, so it's not like like with football. I feel like you can. It's pretty. In some situations, like when one team is clearly better than the other, you can you can you can guess who's going to win really well. You you can prognosticate that quite accurately. It, like you know when Most, the best team plays. Yeah, we know when like a top tier team plays a bottom tier team. That like eighty percent of the time, yeah. top tier teams win. Unless the Patriots play the Eagles. But carry oh, on. right, like that's <laughs> a specific example in my head right now. Like uh -huh. every now and then that does happen, of course. But I feel like with fighting, it's. It's not so much so, because it, it, there's always, especially in UFC, where and, and the good. higher the weight classes go, the the mm -hmm. more this is true, because they've got what do you say they got dynamite in their hands or whatever they they're, yeah they're, that works those guys can just a a, a punch that one punch that, knockout that might, power it might just seem like something like that and they've got enough in that to knock you out they they might arm punch you and you're off balance and hit you in the chin just right and all, they're just trying to make your brain vibrate a little bit that's all they're doing. They're just trying to make your jawbone resonate enough that your brain turns off long enough for a guy in a black shirt to say you lost. They don't yeah, have yeah. to beat you to death. Like they could just, it's... they could just be like that and over. Is this Joe Lozon fight UFC? I'm yeah, looking at like the a... UFC 194 and it doesn't show his little card. He's uh, so he's actually the night before that, and it's I think the Tough 22 finale uh, show that he's on. Hmm. They've got like multiple things they do. Yeah, that oh, weekend this... every event is sold out that weekend. There's no seats that you can buy. McGregor, he fights. He does 194, so he'll fight the next day. Like, I saw Jose that... Aldo. Who are mm -hmm. you picking there? <sighs> I saw that Aldo. What the hell? I I, I saw that the I saw something. Uh, maybe you know what I'm talking about. It, it was something like they asked him like what he's gonna do to uh, Connor's chicken legs, and he he was like I'm going to break them. They, something like that. <laughs> they had something like it, I, I remember I did see that, and they're like, "What's going to happen if you kick Colin?" And he's like, "What happens if Colin checks your kicks?" They asked, and he goes, "I break the leg." You know, and it, yeah, it was it was great. Well, they call them chicken legs. Did and, they? And okay. It, he does have uh, skinnier legs than he might want. I, I don't. I don't know. He he doesn't seem to have like professional. Your calves are better. He <laughs> well, go, well, he has to maintain pants. a low weight. That's the but look yeah, at this guy. Is it going to be John Jones? No, the guy that he's fighting. Cover up that guy's Jose Aldo. Cover the top part of his body with your hand, and then imagine that that's your dad. He just got out of the bathroom when you were little. That's what it looks like. Like not very defined. At least with Conor McGregor, you can see that like thigh chisel there. Uh huh. Like the other guy, I don't know. He's twenty-five and one, so I guess he's doing something right. But that's, it's not a good picture. So Jose Aldo, the guy on the he's left, wearing socks. He actually, uh, I think that's the overlay. It's, oh, they just they did that to him on purpose. They're making him like shit. Dude, so that guy has some of the like for the weight class, undoubtedly the roughest kicks in the weight class. And you know, in terms of technique and stuff, there's very few people in all the UFC that you'd rather be kicked by. It's or less preferred to be kicked by. I'm saying it weird, but his leg kicks are brutal, so brutal. And um, Conor McGregor comes from a boxing background. 
historically boxers are are bad at dealing with kicks so it's a big part of the fight but you know jose Aldo's legs kicks are no secret and connor's been training for him for a year now you know he was supposed to fight him in july so uh one would guess that he has a counter to kicks i don't know Do you expect connor to come out kicking or to connor to come out yeah. with a takedown uh, not a takedown, but I absolutely expect him to throw some ridiculous kind of wheel kick, karate kid, oh, Jet leg Li kick. shit. Uh, leg kick? No. He he throws these like heel kicks. I can't. Oh, I remember. I, it even... was very. It's entertaining. It's uh, dude. It's... Every fight he has a new one, and you're like, like, I don't even know what the point of it is. They're so wild. Like he's I never hit one. He's like, like he knows we're watching. Yeah, I, I like him. I think it's a thing that he well one it'd be awesome if it hit and be entertaining but i think that part of it is like i'm gonna make you watch for this you know like it, this is just to set up my body blows and keeping your hands up or down or whatever i saw i saw some um fight footage of a guy recently who has some some sort of dance fighting style maybe you, it was on reddit capoeira it, i, I like couldn't that. i you know, if you, I I wouldn't know, mm -hmm. but it it really he really was like dancing the whole time. Like he net he was constantly in motion, and then he turned that into combinations, and then continued dancing. It was great. The... And, and oh, his knockouts. When he got a knockout, he would just freeze in position. Like he wouldn't even look at what he just did. It, it was like a drop the mic kind of knockout. Like like he'd hmm. get like a a kick or was a, he black? Or a good... Dark skin. No, for but sure. he sounds autistic. A skinny like, black guy. <laughs> Like, um, like, like, like he'd land the blow that he knew in his head was going to knock this guy out, and he wouldn't even watch the guy fall. He'd just freeze in position, like, after he had thrown it, and, and, and just, just like, was I don't he, know, he's very entertaining. It was in an octagon? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right. It's going to come back to bite him one of these days when he overestimates how hard he hit someone, they stumble out of his field of vision. I think he kicked this guy in the mouth. That, there's I a guy know. who's won at least two or three fights that way. Like, he, he really? just knocked him out so solid. Like, like if, if this is the guy... Bam! Like that, like, and and he's been right each time. He's an interesting guy. I don't know how he'd do it at the UFC level, but he's a great striker. That style, I think Kyle was talking about is capoeira. I don't know if the story's true, but the the legend is that in Brazil they outlined outlawed fight training, so they disguised fighting as dancing, and they mm. would just sit there and practice all the time with their capoeira by the fire and whatever. And uh, they were actually training to fight, but in reality, or, but in whatever, it, it looked like a dance. I don't know. But uh, yeah, dude, every fight on this car, I'm looking at it. Like, so, so, of course, Aldo McGregor is hugely interesting. Weidman Rockhold might be more interesting. Uh, I like that. By the way, Weidman uh, is somehow sponsored by Gamma Lab, so he and I are like bros. That he treats <laughs> right before the... <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Uh, Souza and Romero are fighting. Dude, this guy Romero. If you can tell I found who's him. a steroid user by, uh, by looks, this guy, Yul Romero, is the biggest juicer in the history of Earth. He, he's, and he's from Cuba, so that's like, a, it's easy to get them, and there's a lot, there's like a history of Cuban Roy people. This is going to be an incredible fight. He's a—he's not a normal human, but it, it'll be fun to watch him. Maya Nelson, oh my God, Damian Maya—they're both grappling legends. Holloway Stevens, the whole card is incredible. And, and then of course Joe's on the card before it. Go ahead, I'm interrupting. Michael Page, that's the dance fighter. Uh, check out his video real quick. Like it's—it's it's three minutes long, but like the first—I don't know, thirty seconds gets the point across. All right, uh, you queued up? Yep. Ready, set, play. Audio is awful, by the way. 
on this video. <laughs> like dusting off his hand. Hmm. That's the fight I saw. Yeah. I feel like the shit wouldn't fly in like UFC, where they're way better trained. Some fighters aren't impressed with this showboating. Uh, he would kick my ass clearly. Look at him not looking at his. Oh, opponent. I love that! I love that! <laughs> like I love to watch this. Like like because it's it's two phase really. Like one, I'm like, whoa, look at this, this. Either this guy's a badass and I'm gonna watch him dominate, or he's a cocky asshole and I'm gonna watch him get caught. I'm happy either way. <laughs> it's the second. <laughs> is it the second one? He, I mean, look, come on, look at that. Like, he made that guy look so, so bad. What promotion it, is this? UCMM? I don't know. I couldn't say. UCMM? I mean, this is the highlight video, so this could be years old. I think here he is in the octagon, right? I should turn the volume. I love watching people like look this, this just get shit on. That's what I was talking about, yeah. He has a couple walk off wins like that. Yeah, I know this guy. I don't know why he's not in the UFC. Are we sure he's not? Uh, I'm sure he wasn't when I looked. Uh, I see again. a. I think you're right. I see a video that related that says he should be in the UFC. It's a highlight video. But yeah, I find this to be extremely entertaining. Like whoever's, I fa I found um, Silva when he would do that stuff to be oh, just infuriating. He's in but Bellator. Like, what's that mean? Yeah, it's Bellator. So Bellator is a rival promotion, and uh, I, I guess if you were to rank them, UFC is the top one, Bellator is the next one, and then below that used to be Strikeforce, and then UFC bought them. Now I forget who's below them. But anyway, the point I'm making is that the UFC just never takes fighters from Bellator. They just won't do it. And the message that they're sending is, if you go to Bellator, our biggest competitor, then your career is over you'll never make it to the UFC. So it's super difficult to jump from the UFC, I'm sorry, from Bellator to the UFC. Can you make a career in Bellator? Yes. Yeah, just like you can make a career in the CFL. Ah, uh, so it's it's that much smaller than yeah. UFC. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I bet, I know you're not a huge UFC fan. I bet you can name a couple fighters. Like, does Conor McGregor ring a bell? Does Ronda Rousey ring a bell? Um, yeah, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, GSP, uh, that I've, big fat country guy. Right, right. I, big I've, country. Yeah, big country. It's, it's his nickname, <laughs> Big Country. Um, I bet if I listed off ten guys, I could get like six or seven to ring a bell. Uh, and then on Bellator, I bet that number might be zero. Yeah, totally. Probably. Yeah. Um, so who has made the bridge? Like, are there any that Kyle and I might have heard of who started at Bellator and it was just so good the UFC couldn't ignore him? I literally can't think of a single Bellator fighter who the UFC's ever picked up. Has have, I'm trying to think if the UFC's ever made any big acquisitions at all. Because I remember when they wanted Fedor, it seemed, and they couldn't make it happen. Yeah, they have. Um, they bought Strikeforce, which is actually it brought in a couple. I mean, like an individual. Like like there's a there's them. Like I bet I don't. I bet the fighters that that were under Strikeforce were. I bet it was much much cheaper to to buy Strikeforce than it would have been to poach their fighters. Like, Might have been because it'd be bidding wars and stuff. Um, yeah, never they, heard of Strike Force. When Pride collapsed, the UFC got a lot of cool people. The Crow Crop was a big name. Uh, Wanderlei Silva was a big name. Anderson Silva, uh, he came from Pride, kind of. 
Um, Isn't there a league like in Japan? That was Pride. Oh, that was Pride. Well, yeah. So uh, I don't know if UFC talks interesting to people, but yeah, Michael Page pretty neat. I'd love for yeah. I'd love to see how these guys do in the UFC. It, I like that fighting style. I I, I like that it's. I, I've seen so many guys. <laughs> There's an orthodox style that you see time and time again, whether it's a stand-up guy or, mm -hmm. or a submission guy, and it's it seems like it boils down to sort of a takedown defense. And and if you don't, if if he can stuff you, and then you don't have the tools to 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 deal with his stand-up or his leg kicks or whatever he brings to the mm -hmm. table, then that's just all M MMA is about. But when I see somebody like this, who's like, nah, fuck all those rules. I like to dance. <laughs> like, 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 no, no, keep the music. Like he comes in with his intro music. He's like, just keep that bump in the whole fight. Like, 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 <laughs> I, I don't think he dances as much as you think. I think you're watching him. Uh, of course, it's a highlight his opponent. video. But yeah, he dances more than uh, than, than most, most fighters, yeah. though. Like, like most of them don't dance at all. Who um <laughs> was it? Sugar Ray Robinson. He used to like you know be like. You know, like that well, kind of crazy. I know Ali was about that a little bit. You know, he had the mm -hmm. Ali shuffle. He, he was a sh he was a showboater, showman type. You know, uh, the the whole rope a dope thing. He'd be looking at the crowd. He got nothing. He got nothing. You know, he'd grab their head and laugh at him for a minute. And then they go back to trying to hurt him. I've been watching some old fights lately. A bunch of Ali stuff. Ali Frazier in particular. Ali Foreman. I watched. Yeah, um, I've seen all those. I like those fights, dude. It was interesting to see the transformation he made before and after uh, the, the Vietnam thing, thing. Mm -hmm. you know, before he was this greased lightning so fucking fast, like n just extra tier above everyone else where he could make you miss, but he didn't have that when he came back and he had to, he had to come up with something new and he did and he made it work for the most part. Yeah. He became real elusive. His defense was fantastic when he came back. His offense was great beforehand. People, I was reading this article by Jack Slack on whether Tyson could beat Muhammad Ali. Now, one of the things I took away from it was there's a peak Tyson, right? Right before Tyson went to prison, roughly, or maybe right before he fought Buster Douglas, like there is a version of Tyson that is the best one. For Muhammad Ali, there is no best Muhammad Ali, or at least it's debatable. There's the one whose defense kind of sucked, but was like Kyle said, grease lightning, super fast and, and relied on the speed advantage. And then there's the post one who is a much smarter fighter but it didn't have the same physical gifts. And uh, um, this expert, if, he never really said, I don't think one would beat the other, but I think he, he pretty much picked Tyson in that. Yeah, I've, mm -hmm. I've watched highlight videos of both. Like, not like that is my research. I don't know shit about boxing. <laughs> but just watching, like, Muhammad Ali highlight, Mike Tyson highlight. I It looks like Mike Tyson would not only win, but would beat the shit out of him. Like, just the difference in the times of the sport Mm -hmm. um his power like it it puts him like he doesn't even look like a human and he's knocking out people like a head taller than me that's like in it, it that's one of the things like in um in a football everyone kind of recognizes like who's the worst team in football this year Can you help uh, me <clears throat> i don't know let's say, I it's say the lions the i don't know who's the worst the lions usually competing for that the Lions would beat the shit out of that Green Bay Packers team that won the first Super Bowl, right? Can we all just oh, yeah. agree oh, that? Yeah, yeah of course. Right? It, they're just, they'd be so much faster and so much stronger and so much more sophisticated, like in terms of like how the sport has evolved in terms of offenses and defenses. Yeah. They're not getting drunk at halftime, like, <laughs> yeah. <at the> <laughs> right? But somehow in boxing, they don't do that. 
you know, like they generally look at them and say, yeah, I think Floyd Patterson would really beat today's heavyweight champ. And I don't know why it's so different. I would have guessed that like every other sport they advance, but not according to people who understand it better than me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like everything stayed the same except for what they may or may not be putting into their bodies. It seems like people have always trained really hard. It seems like people have always, uh, you know, same gloves virtually, uh, you know, same ring, same shorts. The equipment isn't isn't moving around. Who cares about their mouthpieces? It's it's getting the same shit done. So it's really just the man in there. And some of those guys, I, Maybe I was, a more I watch a lot of or dedicated regimen as far as training, you know, because like the sport progresses. Yeah, I feel like MMA training's advanced a ton. You know, like we were just talking about Al Alaquinta hitting dots on the wall and like studying his per- or training his peripheral vision. And uh, I know swimming, like my swim coach. So this is a long time ago when I swam, even longer when he <clears throat> swam. They used to just practice racing. They'd be like, all right, ready, go. And everyone would like balls to the wall for a couple hundred yards until they couldn't go anymore. They just practiced racing. That was how they trained. Um, you know, then when, by the time I swam, it was just laps and laps of, you know, yardage and conditioning. From what I understand with the, like, Olympic-level swimming especially, like, the suit has made an enormous difference, right? Like, it's not really even fair to compare Michael Phelps' speed records and stuff with, like, his predecessors who didn't have that suit, right? Uh, it makes a big difference. Uh, they'd break those records anyway, I think, suit or no suit. Uh, it, they're all so close that little differences make a big deal. Hmm. Um what I, suit was Phelps wearing? So in the old days, they wore those tiny little banana hammocks. Now they wear like long pants, essentially, and it's slicker than human skin. So they have less resistance as they pull themselves through the water. Hmm. Yeah. And some guys even wear um, like a tank top pant, you know, outfit that goes from top to bottom. Hmm. I'm not sure if they still do. I feel like the pants are the popular thing now. I've never watched a swimming event. I watched half of one when the Michael Phelps mania was happening, and I was like, I can't get into this. Like, Yeah, I watched it too. Uh, I've watched Phelps swim a bunch. Uh, I find him more interesting off camera. Um, I There's always some like, and it's just they're trying to make us watch commercials, but there are always some athlete that they, they put up there that we should be watching. I remember the, the Winter Olympics, they're always really struggling. Like usually they get that red-headed uh, snowboarding guy. What's his name? John White. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Sean White. Like he's our he's he's NBC's hero when it when it when uh Olympic winter uh games coverage time comes around. Mm-hmm. But I remember one year, like I don't know what maybe he smoked too many doobies and they wouldn't let him compete or something, but they had to go to Apollo Anton Ono back yeah. in say two thousand six uh, winter Olympics, City. I think. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah Romney Salt Lake. saved that event. Romney saved that event, sure did. And uh, it was it, he stood on that, uh, you know, as he as his campaign. He was like, Look at this other thing I did. Handled that nicely, didn't I? Uh, but but Apollo Anton Ono and, and, and this Brody guy, uh, the, the the skier, and every, there was yeah. this guy uh-huh. Brody Miller. Yeah, yeah, Bodie, that was it, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think and everybody right. was blowing this guy up. Like, like NBC is like, this could be a record-setting year for sports. Uh, this Bodie Miller guy, he's, he's just got more talent than anybody on the field. He could get 14 medals or whatever it was. He had, mm-hmm. a, he had an opportunity because of the games he was competing in to win an unprecedented amount of gold or something like that, and he just sucked. <laughs> he, he fucked up his main event, like the one he's supposed to be like number one at. And like place maybe silver and bronze or something like that, which is an accomplishment, right? But mm-hmm. not if you're the guy. It's nice to win a bronze medal if you go back home and teach economics for the rest of your life. It sucks to win the bronze if you've been trying to win the gold since you were 11. 
and this was your last year to go. Like there are guys who are just on a different level of that, that Olympic athlete stuff. They take it seriously. I remember that messed yeah. with his head. There was a whole story about how like he was going to get redemption the next time around, and that didn't happen either. I, I like watching people fail. Some Olympic I, sports just aren't as good, though. Like, if you ever watch Olympic hockey, there's a huge gaggle of people who, like, will come out and watch it and be like, oh, if the NHL were more like this, I would watch it. You know, not as much hitting and roughhousing, and the ice <laughs> is bigger, and it moves slower. And it's like, I don't understand those people, and they're out there. It's like, first of all, the there's a handful of good teams. If you're not playing, like, Russia, Sweden, Norway, the U.S., Canada – like who are you fucking playing? Like Japan has a team now, and but it's just a joke. They are like, terrible, but I feel like sometimes like Czechoslovakia comes out of nowhere and they're good. I'm like, really? Sometimes I didn't, I didn't notice the Czechoslovakian presence in the NHL, but sure enough, they're competitive at this level. Yeah, even then, it'll be like like the Canadian Wait, and the U.S. Does that team country not exist anymore? I must be mixing Czech it Republic. up. Oh, okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, Czech but like for the Czech Republic, it'll be like a bunch of guys who wish they could play in the NHL, and then like Zdeno Chara and mm -hmm. Yaroslav Halak in net. Like, and that's it. All the rest of them are just hopefuls. It's just the skill level is so much lower that I don't understand why those players would care about the gold as much, unless I, it's all, like, national. I used to say this. Not so much that I wish the NHL was, like, international, just that I wish I played international. Because when I played my game in particular, I wasn't really good at stick handling and traffic. And, um, yeah, that's important in smaller ice NHL. Yeah, but you open up the ice like that, I, I went full speed every time I touch the puck and like that would be to my advantage in the beer league level yeah so if you could go play, play Slovenia in a little beer league hockey you would dominate you think I think dominate is too strong no no the beer league <laughs> you're not facing against like Bargoff Kalala from, from Slovenia or anything with, with four playing. teeth in his head provided the other players are bad enough yes indeed I would dominate <laughs> I, yeah. okay. if the democratic people's republic of the Congo ever feels oh, like I will it, take Congo. them off. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, you guys got twenty minutes to warm up on some on some artificial ice back home before you came here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they've been playing street hockey for for the last six months in, in preparation for this event. Oh, okay. That's the first they've time they put on real skates. Before. I do not understand the substance we play on. Like they they've only <laughs> had their wheel shoes. <laughs> they've never seen ice. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's like uh, the Cool Runnings movie with John Candy with the Jamaican bobsled team. Cool yeah. Runnings. <laughs> that movie, I loved it, but it's I can't rewatch it again because I know I'll hate it because it's, yeah, it's going to be once. awful. It's like Home Alone. You can't go back and watch those classics from the, from back in the day. I don't think I'd laugh at Home Alone if I watched it now, seeing Joe Pesci grab a hot doorknob for the 80th time. I'm not going to laugh anymore. But back in the day... Oh, I love that. I fantasized about being Kevin McAllister. I was like, bring it, bad guys. I don't have a BB gun. I got a 30-30. Like, we're in this shit quick. My Home Alone movie lasts for about 17 minutes. Yeah, you know what? Sports have to cart away the dead robbers. Six-year-old Kyle Myers here in Georgia fended off two wacky intruders tonight. Let's take a look at the inside. And it's you sitting at the top of, like, the fucking stairs all the traps are still in place <laughs> like, like, there's just like little go-kart like wheelie things hot wheels and hot there's wheels. two dead bodies and blood splatter on the back wall and yeah. you your little red rider you know <laughs> yeah the game, kevin had that red rider uh bb gun like that wasn't enough he needed to defend his home i i, I liked that movie a lot growing up I, I, john hughes made that i wonder if he made the second one i didn't like the second one as much i didn't mm. like the second one nearly as much but then again 
I haven't it's, watched either of them in probably 15 years. It just seemed like in the first one, like he's got like so much time to acclimate to being alone, so much time to re- recognize the threat, and then so much time to get supplies and put the plan in order that it almost seems plausible that 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 he could do it. But in the second one, it's like, oh shit, bad guys are here. Well, let me find an old abandoned house to trick out real quick. Yeah. Let me just scooby-doo around oh, so and find little traps to set. Which one was he in New York? Is that the second one? That's the second one. Yeah, that uh, was... Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah. Okay. So, But th- that changed a lot of it for me. I, I guess they had to change it, but he's in New York, and all of a sudden he's like, woo woo, you know? I'm fully competent in this situation now. <laughs> having, exp- <laughs> having eaten the food around my house in the last episode, now I can trick doormen into giving me luxury penthouses and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All these New York rubes they're portrayed <laughs> to be. Like, they're, they're not savvy at all. They're just going up. Like, well, suburbs of Chicago is just too quick for them. They can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's eleven. Uh, yeah. Call it a show. Didn't age well, did he? No, no. He looks like uh, a drug addict. Smeagol. Looks what like Smeagol. How did that happen? I wonder if he looks better now. Does he have no? his act together? No. Maybe he is a drug addict. Um, what's his name? Um, Russell Brand was telling a story about finding out that uh, who's the hot chick from that? Mila Kunis was fucking. Uh, uh, um, Holy Culkin, yeah. Holy Culkin. He's got a whole thing in his in his stand up about finding that out and and like wrapping his head around that because he wanted a fucker or something like that. It's really good. <laughs> that wow. is funny. He does not look good now. No, he does good not look good. You know who he looks he better than eat? is uh, tiny faced Haley Joel Osmond. Oh God, poor Haley Joel. At least at least um, Macaulay Culkin has looking like Steve Buscemi to look forward to. Because that's coming for him, right? If, if his teeth were a little more bedraggled, like, he's Steve Buscemi in the future. But little-faced, <laughs> six-sense yeah. kid. Oh, it's just like, it's a face on a face. It's like they forgot to, like, in- yeah. make it the right size. It's like a bad Photoshop job. <laughs> it, it is. It's like a bad Photoshop job where they forgot to realign the size of his face. It's like God just gave up. He's a little hungover that morning. Yeah, just send that one through. In know. some of these pictures, he looks better than others. You could cover his entire face with, like, I don't know, a, a tea saucer. Like, nothing oh, at all. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tea saucer. That's what it's called. Good one, Taylor. Fucking idiot. Yeah, uh, we probably should call this show. I got to run. I got to okay. go. Okay. Uh, that was Painkiller Already, episode 69. And I hope you guys enjoyed it.